Okay. Hello, Eliza. <laughs> it's Eliza. <laughs> yeah. Eliza, oh, I'm no, so it's sorry. Okay. It's the story of my life. Um, <laughs> um, yes, I'm, I'm Eliza. I'm an astrologer. I'm meeting you for the first time. Yeah, I love how this came about, actually, because I still haven't quite figured out how it came about. But I was thinking about wanting to get someone on the podcast that could talk about finances and astrology and really home in on that. And then someone from your team, I think, got in contact. Or was it you that got in I, contact? Honestly, I if it happened before the outbreak, I have no recollection of it. <laughs> I, I don't really? remember anything that happened before pre-corona. How come? Uh, I mean, it's like life is so distorted now. Everything, time has worked mm. so significantly. It's somehow May at the time of this recording, May 2020. Um, I feel like I, you know, it was like we all sort of went in. I'm here in New York City and it was like we all sort of went into this alternate reality at some point in March. For me, it was early March. I acted really quickly. Um, so it's been like fucking months since anything really notable has happened. Um, well, no, that's not true. A lot has happened, but it's just not in the same metrics that we were using pre this outbreak. And how have you found the whole experience? Oh, it's a fucking nightmare. It's, I am miserable. It's, everything's, you know, I, my uh, listeners will know that I have been anticipating a disastrous 2020 for a really long time yeah because i i did notice that actually that a lot of stuff that you put up was um was talking about how an astrology sort of i guess in a way in some capacity saw it coming i'd be curious to explore that yeah we can definitely talk about that um i feel like i'm in a such a massive told you so moment i hope that the people who have been with me for a long time are not getting fatigued by how much like and then in 2018 I said this and this you know I'm still a young astrologer in the grand scheme of things and I have been studying 2020 for the majority really like you know the entire time I've been practicing as an astrologer um, but really honed in on it about five years ago and in my lifetime this is really the first macro prediction that I made that is playing out before my eyes in real time. So I have to wow. say that from my perspective, it's been a little bit of a mind fuck to see sort of so how literally the planets and the interpretation of those um, are coming into, you know, are, are actually translating in real time. So why was it that you decided to home in on 2020? Well, the, the astrology of 2020 is superb. Um, it is, and I don't mean superb in a necessarily a positive way. Uh, it's, it's extraordinarily rare. A lot of the connections that happened, um, and will continue to happen this year. There's not just one really cataclysmic thing that happened, which would be very special. You know, Saturn for, and Pluto, for instance, only connect every 38 years. So from an astrological perspective, we're going to look at those planets and see how they're connecting and know that this marks a 38 year cycle, which is a really big deal. Um, but then in addition to that, we also had Jupiter and Pluto connecting. And now that only happens every 19 years. So that's another really rare cycle. And then we also have Jupiter and Saturn connecting, and that's in every 20 year cycle. So we have like one of those things in a year is a big deal. And just those alone are three in 2020. And then on top of that, 
we had other things too. You know, we have other things that are making 84 year long cycles. And when you look at the astrology of this year, we haven't seen so much powerful clusters of planets for at least 500 years. And then in this sign, we haven't seen them for thousands of years. So the last time that planets in this sign clustered together was actually at the the beginning of Babylon. So it's really like, there's no precedent for what we were going to anticipate in 2020. Well, that was kind of going to be my next question is from, uh, there's no way particularly of measuring it, I guess, but to anticipate like what sort of changes are we expecting? Is there like a general one that's happening to the collective consciousness? Is there is there particular things that you've observed or like learn that you think, okay, this is what's coming a little bit, or is it completely unprecedented and completely un, you know, we just don't know. I mean, I think that what, what these big planets are saying as they are connecting is they're talking about the entire infrastructure of our governments and our systems and our traditions and the establishment going through an extraordinary upheaval. So what we're seeing on the macro with this is like the world as we know it, you know, who holds the power is shifting. And how that's shifting, you know, we are kind of watching this get resolved in real time um, as to what that means. Or not get resolved. Well, at the moment, it kind of, I mean, it's a, it's a fairly difficult subject and like controversial, as I'm sure you've experienced from voicing your opinion. Like everyone is super fearful at the moment, or well, not everybody, but a lot of people. And when people are in that state, they, if you say anything that conflicts with their view and their reality of things and attempt just by a comment to even dismantle it, people sort of erupt. Yes. So it's it's a dangerous thing to go into. So I want to like f- like find our way of of making people a bit curious about these things because I don't know about your perspective of it, but people I've been speaking to is is this it's this dismantling of a system that is broken. Yeah, I and that is what's happening and it's like people having to shift their perspective of something they've never had to question. Yes is uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Um, But what I I really find, I take a lot of solace in and what I try to remind people as much as possible is that if you're here right now, living and breathing, moving through this moment, you're here for a reason. It is such Mm -hmm. a, a extraordinary, magical time. Like this is a moment that is going to be, you know, studied for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, How all of this sort of and, and this, you know, this is like a pressure cooker moment, and we're starting to see what happens as we raise the top on that pressure cooker, and we're starting to see everything sort of bubble out. Um, and if you're alive right now, it's not a coincidence. This is a, a an extraordinary moment to be present and to be conscious. Um, it's an intense one. It's definitely not, you know, you can't just live in a silo right now, and nor should I, would I encourage anybody to. I think that using one's critical thinking, being very aware, being sort of curious and compassionate and, you know, um, open-minded about recognizing that everything that we knew is is really changing right before our eyes. And that's what we're all here to experience. You know, that is sort of the karma, so to speak, of like the collective right now. 
Mm. Yeah, you touched on a couple of things there that have come up in various conversations about this idea of critical thinking and remaining open. And I think it's important rather than trying to push any sort of agenda or thought onto anybody, it's like, can you hold two truths? Can you like know what's true for you or like what you were brought up to believe and that reality, but also be open to something new. Totally. And I think that's this like hugely uncomfortable, very strange. And to be honest, only has started happening for me quite recently. I just had this like huge amount of resistance to it. And I just, I've never questioned anything before. We just are born into this life and we're given this system and set of rules and we just don't think about it. And I think what this situation is unearthing is just causing people to like it's stirring things up and it's uncomfortable and it's it's strange and it's odd but it's causing us to look at things from a slightly nuanced perspective and I find that really fascinating that's that that's happening it feels like a bit of a collective awakening is going on I hope so I mean I I have um the utmost faith in people I really genuinely believe that people are can be really wonderful and thoughtful and empathetic beings. Um, but I don't think that empathy is something we should take for granted ever. I think it's something mm -hmm. we always need to be checking ourselves with and making sure that, wait, am I approaching this in the most compassionate and empathetic way? Or am I 100%. scared of becoming uncomfortable and questioning something that I got became sort of, that became my perspective and my sort of, uh, my security blanket I suppose yeah and people will the terrifying thing is and this situation is bringing it up and you're seeing it just day to day is that people will abandon their empathy and their compassion to remain safe and to feel secure mm -hmm. I guess and it's a really really scary thing and it really upsets me because you suddenly see people abandoning like their humanity Yes. And when when something like this happens and like I've seen videos of people in New York and just for like not for not obeying the social distancing rules and all this stuff and people just like the police like sometimes attacking that it's just awful to see. And for me it's like measure this independently rather than absorbing all the mainstream media and all this fearful information like measure this for yourselves and hold on to your empathy and your compassion and be like where do I stand on this? Not just what I'm being told to do and because I'm afraid. Where do I truly stand? And it's something that takes like its personal responsibility to be critically thinking about the situation and to being able to look at it on a macro scale, like you say, and be like, if everyone behaves like this, if everyone doesn't take their own responsibility here, like it's it's scary what can happen quite quickly. Yes, and I, I think that even pushing that further is that it's not just accountability for self, it's like we are also accountable for each other. You know, we also mm -hmm. need to make sure that we're not just, we shouldn't move through this world with such individualism that we don't think about our neighbors, we don't think about our communities, we don't think about people we don't know. I mean, because that's, where do we draw the line? You know, if if, everybody is, you know, every man for themselves, so to speak, like, does that mean that your mother or your father or your sibling is then going to be um, sacrificed by somebody else's individualism? In order for us all to be safe and healthy, we all need to be thinking about everybody, 
and thinking about what is going to be in the best interest for not just our own little microcosm, but these greater orbs that are our fellow human beings. Um, and obviously, you know, the way that we have in different societies and different um, cultures and different nations, we there are just groups of people that we don't think of with the same, you know, we don't think of them in the same regard as we treat other people. And that's horrific. And I think that this also might expose um, people who have not previously been exposed to that to the fact that discrimination is a very real thing and it can affect anybody at any time. You know, now we're dealing with not just racial discrimination, but we're also dealing with like virus discrimination. Like that's like who's healthy and who's not healthy. That's going to be really interesting to see as well, because people who aren't used to navigating the world with that are now going to have to see things from a completely different set of eyes. Yeah, that's a really good point. That is a really good point. And I think this idea of um, like having these apps that tell you if you've like been near someone that has it and stuff, I'm just a bit scared about what that's what that's going to do because already you can see this massive shift in people's response to each other like to strangers and I've just been going around at the moment realizing it's so important to smile like it sounds like such a simple thing but actually like greeting people with a smile and with warmth because people are terrified of each other and it's just like what that's going to do psychologically to us and actually to our to our immune systems is but anyway, I won't go into that too much. But in terms of what you what you were studying for 2020 then, what other things are sort of, do you think, can we expect to happen? Because some <laughs> people have said that this is like just the beginning. Yeah, it's just the beginning. I mean, I... So buckle your seatbelts. Yeah, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I recently just posted on my Instagram um, sort of a, a PSA, if you will, of like, you know, there was this like um, book that everybody was screenshotting. I think like Khloe Kardashian screenshotted it right with the beginning of this. It was like some psychic prophetic person who wrote in like the 90s about 2020 there being a virus. And like, you know, there's all of these doomsday kind of uh, this doomsday rhetoric stuff. that comes around. It's always there, but especially during these times when things feel really fucking doomsday, like it's easy to sort of just insert that language into the moment. Um, and I wanted to sort of clarify, like, I don't perceive, you know, my intent of sharing my observations from an astrological perspective is certainly not to try to create, you know, to fear monger or to create mania and to, or to sell a product. You know, it's not like, I'm not trying to profit in any capacity off of this information that I'm sharing. In fact, I'm sharing information with the exact opposite intention. I'm hoping that it will provide insight for people, that they can actually use that to make thoughtful decisions and become more critically aware and sort of take ownership of their own ability to process data and think about how, you know, who's saying what, but what do you really believe and how is this informing your choices? so that we could be all more sort of conscious beings. Um, yes, yeah, 100%. It's not, I, there's no part of me that has any inclination to try to get people riled up. I don't think that people make good decisions from fear. 
Uh, I think people Absolutely. make very bad decisions from fear. So even, you know, suffice it to say, looking at the 2020 is, astrology is scary. It's always been scary. But this moment is also scary. You know, there's not me saying like 2020 is a fucked up year and it's not going away anytime soon isn't to try to scare people. It's just a reflection of the truth. You know, this is scary. This is a scary moment. Um, it's about how do you navigate a scary moment, not predicting whether it's scary yeah. or not, you know? Yeah. Well, so how how do we navigate it? I think in the way that we're very much talking about, you know, I think that just making sure that we are uh, being very, uh, we are allowing ourselves to change our mind, that we are maintaining a level of intellectual flexibility, um, that we're critically thinking, that we are not jumping to conclusions about things um, as much as possible. We're, we're using science and data and information to make the best and smartest decisions. And then we also are prioritizing, we know how to prioritize issues. Number one issue is that people are sick and dying. Is the government fucked up? Of course, you know, the government has been fucked up. It, it predates this virus. Are billionaires mm -hmm. fucked up? Yes, of course. Like we know these things. These, this isn't shocking information. Um, but to me, it's like trying to find this broad loop of like Bill Gates, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Chinese labs. Like I understand that we're, we're trying to piece things together that yeah. all feel confusing. But yeah. let's just focus on the fact that people are sick and dying. And that is what we need to make sure we put our attention in, you know? We prioritize, yeah. And then we yeah, can deal with the rest later. If we want to make a giant feedback loop of Jeffrey Epstein to the Lolita Express to labs in Wuhan to <laughs> like <laughs> to bats, like I'm, you know, as soon as people stop dying, like we'll have time to do that. But for the time being, I think that it's very dangerous to get too caught up in these like Ex extravagant conspiracy theories because they distract yeah. from what really the biggest issues are. Um, I'm very worried about cults in the next few years. Um, oh, interesting. What well, as a response to this? I was worried about it before I knew that this was going to happen. I the astrology of you think this that year this and is next just... year in particular are very culty. It's very culty times. Really? Well, so as a sort of response that this, I guess, in a way makes that gap even bigger yes. between the sort of traditional systems versus the people who think in a more of an esoteric fashion. So it's, I can already see it at the moment. And that's what I was talking about as well. It's like the fearful, whatever side of the argument you're on, they're just like, it's, and social media really is a big facilita facilitator of this. Sorry, lost my words. Facilitator of this because all you have to do is put something on Instagram and you don't have any other identity around you apart from that comment. And when people pick up on that, they just like attack it. And it creates, like you say, this sort of like quite cult-like belief system that people are forming these communities online based off, I mean, who fucking knows whether this information is accurate? Yes. You know, but when people are in this state and everything's kind of being turned upside down, can kind of create any sort of truth. Absolutely. 
Because it's because things are horrifying. We do not have a lot of information. There's a lot of holes in in you know what we know, and it's human inclination to want to make sense of those things and fill in the gaps. Mm. I absolutely empathize with the urge to try to take matters into your own hands and like solve things for yourself. I'm a fucking astrologer. Like, of course, I understand that. But at the same time, like we in a life and death situation, we really need to think about like what the, what is happening in front of us and not mm -hmm. to lose sight of what, you know, ironically, to be someone who looks at the stars all day, like what is physically happening right now? Um, mm. And then, you know, as soon as we have a little bit more, um, as soon as there is a little bit more stability, like, sure, we can get weird. I Why not? You know, it's not going to hurt anybody. But right now it is going to hurt people to do that. Mm. So it really is about like prioritizing what we're focusing on. And again, thinking not just as an individual, but thinking as a community, thinking Collective. as citizens of the world. Yeah, we all have our responsibility. And like, I've, I've actually felt it. I've had certain people like send me certain information. They're like, you should share this with your followers. And I'm like, my responsibility right now is to create like a safe space for them. Because not only is there the physical threat, there's a huge psychological yes. and emotional thing going on. Like people... Even I'm I'm quite resilient in terms of like my independence and being alone. And I'm fortunate that I'm in a situation that I'm allowed to keep going with my projects and stuff. But even I'm waking up some mornings just with this like heaviness of, because there's a collective grief that we're experiencing. And it's like, we're all kind of been being held in detention, but we can't object to it sort of feeling like, and we know that it's for the greater good, but at the same time, it's kind of, so disruptive and so many things are going to suffer as a consequence yes. but we're kind of having to remain silent in it and it's just it's causing strange emotions to come out in different ways for different people and I think that's something that really needs to be honored defining this as a collective trauma is um is definitely I I, I couldn't think of a better way of expressing what is happening for all of us we're all going to be deeply we're all going to be changed by this in different ways um whether or not this ends up directly impacting you or your family or your community um just the the sheer amount of terror that this is bringing to everybody mm -hmm. um and uncertainty and financial implications and livelihood and the amount of time we're spending alone like nobody knows how to navigate this moment it's really weird um it's really weird. And and our support system doesn't really exist, I think, in the way that we thought it did. Right. You know, and that brings its own confusion and uncertainty. I think that's when people jump to quite extreme conclusions because it's like, well, the system that we relied upon that's supposed to know everything that governs us, that we just obey, seems a little bit confused. Yeah. And that's like a very disruptive feeling because we're kind of like, okay, what is, what is concrete here? Yeah. What can I, what can I stand on that has, has solid ground? And in a way it just feels like everything's fluid in every capacity. Yes. Yes. And right. And we have to, we have to sort of set up our own standards and our own systems and our own beliefs and philosophies as to like how to, you know, what is best in this moment. 
And the truth is, is that it's going to be really different for everybody. Mm -hmm. The birth chart and astrology, I do think really shines in this kind of uh, moment because astrology and understanding the complexities of your birth chart gives so much information as to how one responds to different situations. Um, oftentimes we are moving through the world very much as our sun sign, our sort of external self, the way we glow, the way we take up space, um, or even our mercury, which is the way that we communicate and express our ideas. But now we're like isolating and we're a, it's a lot more internal and it's a lot more reflective. And fortunately, astrology gives us information about how we feel uh, about things and how we can sort of create safe spaces for ourselves and how we can navigate things when we, you know, when the infrastructure that we know is not as stable. It allows us to find some stability in ourselves. Yeah. And see ourselves and understand ourselves from a different vantage, um, which mm -hmm. I think is really important. And to see that we are these extraordinarily multidimensional people, we are so dimensional. In fact, we don't even, we have infinite, infinite amount of ways that we will behave and respond to things. Um, I've been saying recently that this is like the entire world is in the 12th house right now. Um, in astrology, the birth chart is divided into these 12 different sections known as houses. And the last house, the 12th house, is where we are. But I mean, ultimately, it is the isolation space. It is the place where we let our ego die. Um, it is the last space before we begin a new cycle. It is where we sort of it's about mental health. It's about dreams, the subconscious. It's also institutions. It's about our psychology, our secrets, addictions, hidden things. And all of us are in the 12th house right now, you know, sort of tucked away, being secretive. A lot of us are relapsing in addictions. That's not something people are talking about yet, but that's a real thing. We don't even have the space yet to hold space for it because we are in a survival state. But I mean, there's going to be a lot of implications from this moment mental health and addiction yeah, yeah i know i'm concerned about that so we can use astrology to see you know what is our natal aka birth aka sort of innate 12th house look like and by looking at that 12th house we can understand okay this is what i might default to these are my um this is what i have to keep sort of in check and afloat and this is how i'm going to best support myself um within my mental health right now so as in for everyone getting their individual birth chart they can see yes what is in their 12th house and that will help yeah some people might have planets in there some people might not but um no matter whether you have planets in there or not your 12th house is still uh associated with um signs of the zodiac and those signs are going to show you give you deeper information as to how that plays out in your life Interesting. Well, if you're a Libra rising, then I'm sure that your 12th house is either, depending on the degree, of, it's either Libra or Virgo, or it could even potentially be Leo, depending on how your chart is configured. So, okay, so we're all sort of in the 12th, we're all in the 12th house at the moment. Yes. We're all sort of facing the same, I guess we're all having our own personal crisis and a collective one. And in terms of the way that we 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 show up in the world being our sun sign is this more of a time for the other aspects of ourselves and to kind of nurture them and to to understand them a little better i think so i mean i think that this there's 
a lot of um, incredible opportunities for reflection in this moment. It's hard to see the gifts of this moment because the backdrop is so scary. And let's maybe go into that. So to what are going to be the gifts long term? And do you have any take on the sort of when this all blows over post 2020? What kind of world are we going to be looking at? I have to say that I have not I don't think this blows over. I mean, I don't think that things just go back to normal. Yeah, it's um, going to be a new normal. In, in 2026, the United States is having a another really, really crazy year. And we are sort of inching our way towards that as well right now. From the signing of the Declaration of Independence, Pluto, which is the planet of transformation, has never been in the same position before. So we're having, the United States is having a Pluto return very apropos for your podcast, mm. uh, Saturn's return, this is Pluto's return, and takes Pluto 248 years to return. So Wow, it's a big one. It's a big one. It's, it's going to be a biggie. Um, so, you know, after, so we, I think, in a lot of ways are sort of like inching towards that now. And what are Pluto returns historically? I mean, it's the fall of Rome. Um, we have the the end of the Reformation or the beginning of the Reformation period, I should say, is another Pluto return. Um, big, big, big changes. I mean, the splitting of the Catholic Church into Protestantism. I mean, that's fucking crazy. That's what we're talking about. What are some of the other parallels that we're because you were saying that there's like three massive things happening now in terms of going back in time? What sort of events did we experience that were you know, with with the same planet conjunction. Oh my God, this is my favorite thing ever. So I'm delighted to answer. So, you know, 500 years ago with some of, with I would say probably the closest planetary connections that resemble what we have now was the Reformation. That is like the, the most sort of one-to-one of like where our planets are and how they had been in the past. And that was when the Catholic Church split, which is, you know, changed everything because at that time, um, especially the Catholic Church really was the world power. So its splitting is not just based on, it's not just sort of a religious split, it's like a political um, split as well that occurred. And obviously the results of that were huge. I mean, we had countries being divided and people, uh, you know, like micro and macro implications from that it's a long time ago so it's hard for us to really put ourselves in the mindset of how major that was but it was gigantic big as it can be yeah yeah um because it wasn't like another religion came about it was like a religion Mm. fractured and so that was is really the closest of what this looks like but then in more recent history and if we take some of these smaller events that have you know i guess some of these smaller orbits and cycles we have uranus and taurus right now and the last time Uranus, Uranus has an 84-year orbit. So the last time it was in Taurus was in the 1930s, um, which was obviously here in the United States, the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl, the, um, the end of the gold standard, which I think is really wow. interesting. The wit- so currency shifted at that time. That's so um, interesting. As well as obviously a horrible economic downturn. Oh, and prohibition was in that time. Um, And then fascism, of course. We had 
the Nazi party taking over Europe, as well as we had fascism and uh, growing in Italy with Mussolini. And we had the beginnings of what was becoming sort of the Russia communist state that it is now, or not, I guess, now, but was. And then, so that was the last time Uranus was in Taurus, so 84 years ago. The last time that Saturn and Pluto met was 38 years ago, and that was in the beginning of the 1980s. What I think is really interesting with that is that it really, um, we had Reagan as the president during that time, and this was the beginning of AIDS, first of all. This was like the beginning of us sort of culturally understanding the implications of that. So we have another virus that comes around during that time. But then on top of that, we also have sort of the beginning of this neoconservatism Republican Party that we really identify with the Republican spirit now, which is that sort of Reaganomics trickle down. Um, Wall Street became sort of the, the concept that it is today. So a lot of the systems of like how wealth was managed, how people interact with money, how people interact with their government, how we think about different politicians was established at that time. Um, then we also have Saturn and we have, let's see, we have the beginning of Saturn and Jupiter cycles. So that is a 20 year cycle. The last time that happened was 2000. So that was when Bush was elected um, after the whole, you know, re-election and Florida debacle that took place. So that was a really big changing of the guard and shifting of power. Also, post-Clinton impeachment um, of starting to see the fracture even come back more of like the two party system. And then most recently, I would say we had Jupiter and Capricorn in 2008, which was the last financial crisis. <laughs> so just, you know, when we look at like all of these different, like, and Obama was elected in 2008. So like, that's yeah. something else there. You know, it's interesting because at least in the United States, a lot of these cycles correspond with the political mm, cycle. Fascinating. And there are no coincidences. You know, that's fascinating to me. Um, so certainly a lot of the way that I'm thinking about this is through politics, but the reason is because there's not really anything larger than politics uh, on a macrocosm. Yeah, I was going to say perhaps it's more that on a, a macro scale that that's the thing that we can all universally observe. Exactly. Like if it was, it, does, it doesn't have to be politics, but politics is a very good way of being able to understand how sort of the collective consciousness is being shaped and what yeah. we're reacting to. Um, I measure the parallels in history between the astrology and that because they're such marking points in our existence, really. Yes. So it's fair to say that we can anticipate huge shifts politically. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I think that things that are possible right now are no longer having a president that's in a two-term four-year system, oh, I think wow. is a very, very, very big possibility because of the way that things are shifting, you know, because of the way power is being redistributed. You know, I think it's fascinating the, astro the way the astrology looks in the fall of this year. I think how it's possible. It yeah, I think it's possible there won't be an election. How does it? How does the astrology look in the coming? Well, let's just say that we have a lot of retrogrades happening in the fall. Yeah, on that on that tree going on right now. We just got Venus just went retrograde um, yesterday, 
Mars went into Pisces yesterday as well. Um, you know, I I was joking with someone the other day, and they were like, "Wow, you never stop working." And I was like, "The planets never fucking stop moving." I don't like. I do. I do not get a break. Just I have to carve myself a break. But 2020 <laughs> is definitely not the year to take a break because it's just like the shit just keeps going. <laughs> In t- so for people listening, how could you like break down what it, what it sort of means and how to interpret when a planet goes into retrograde? When which one goes into retrograde? Well, just when a planet does, or like, well, for instance, what's happening at the moment. Yeah, so I, I think that when we hear the word retrograde, we immediately think Mercury because Mercury goes into yeah. retrograde very often. And we know that when Mercury goes into retrograde, it's like, we accidentally reply all instead of just replying yeah, yeah. to one and like <laughs> we sexed our boss and like <laughs> everything is a disaster. And that's all very true. But that's kind of the nature of like how Mercury in particular would go retrograde. Mercury is very, is the communication, communication. messenger mm-hmm. and he's very tricky. And he, you know, when he sort of like derails, it ends up in like, it's like a sitcom. Um but that's not how all planets go retrograde. For Venus, for instance, which just started her retrograde, the Venus retrograde corresponds with um, her an eighteen month uh, eighteen month cycle of her transformation. So it's during her retrograde that she pivots from an evening star to a morning star, which means that she goes from uh, following the sun, so being before the sun as it rises, to being after the sun so or actually the other way around she starts following the sun and then ends up leading the sun so this retrograde is not so much about like wacky things as opposed to like we are in a a transitional period between one behavior one way of interacting and the other so the reason that this retrograde, if it does cause any sort of like mishaps, is more because we are in limbo as opposed to it because Mercury is like making us frenetic. Okay, so can you apply that? Because obviously Venus rules love. So is it gonna is it gonna affect people romantically or how can they kind of navigate that? Yeah, I think that what we can expect what we should expect with Venus retrograde romantically is that the way that we are currently interacting with our relationships or our lack of relationships or however we see ourselves in relation to love is going to go through a transformation. Um, That transformation in this Venus retrograde, the sort of epicenter of that takes place on June 3rd when the sun and Venus meet and that's when Venus uh, switches where she is and her energy. So we're going from more of a state of like wisdom and um, you know, like trying to sort of find stability and make sure things are like understanding. Um, we go from sort of a wiser, more mature Venus to a much more spontaneous, erratic, like uh, aggressive Venus energy. And oh. that is a transformation that depending on the structure of how your life looks, you might see yourself interacting with people differently. You might see yourself having more fights in your relationship because you're advocating for things that you would not have previously, or you are being more assertive and usually you're more chill, or maybe your partner's being more assertive and that freaks you out. Um, Or you start to hit people up from the past because 
maybe it was in the past when you were behaving more aggressively that you were talking to those people in the first place. So it's like you're finding yourself reconnecting with versions of your life um, that align with this wow. current transformation. Cycle. So you can say to say perhaps it'd be an okay time to revisit something if it feels right to do so. Mm, I would be very wary because what we do as humans is we try to link, we try to create correspondences to things we know. So we mm -hmm. might be creating correspondences to ways we have behaved in the past or, you know, relationships that... But it's actually should be left in the past. I, in general, I, in with very, very few exceptions, encourage people to not... Me too. Revisit relationships. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, I'm having to tell, I think especially at the moment, because a lot of people are in this isolation, they may have newly come out of a relationship and I can sense with the messaging and stuff that they're like... I don't know what to do. I don't know how to sit in this discomfort when I don't know the end date and I don't know what's on the other side. So they're going backwards. And I'm just like, don't go back in the ring for another round. Just don't. Yeah, I mean, especially right now, like I, I'm trying to even um, pull back a little of my, you know, because usually I'm like, fuck no, we're going forward. The planets, like, even when they are going retrograde, it's just an illusion. Planets never go backwards. We're always moving forwards. We always want to keep forward. I understand that it's very hard to do that right now. It feels very difficult because we are, like, getting older every fucking day, but we're not seeing anything change, you know? <laughs> it's very scary. <laughs> I have found myself, like, reminiscing about things when I was, like, like going out to clubs when I was 20. And I'm like, why? Like, that's not me. Like, I would not want to do that right now. But I'm going back into like the recesses of who I am because I'm latching onto any memories that I can, even if they're shitty ones. So I understand that it's very likely a lot of us are going to start texting our exes again and stuff. We have to just understand that that is between Venus retrograde and fucking quarantine. It's like, yeah, we're only human. But that doesn't mean you can't do something and then also recognize that it's very conditional, you know? Mm, I think that's good advice. And also, so I wanted to like get in on this a little bit, but in terms of people that are experiencing their Saturn return or about to, what are your sort of thoughts on how best to navigate it? Because obviously it has like a bit of a reputation as, I mean, I was speaking with an astrologer the other day and she was like, just wish I just I mean it felt like I was just cooped up and I didn't want to come out and it was just this like horrible experience and some people interpret it like that because it brings about a lot of change a lot of discipline like boundaries and it's if you haven't been exercising those qualities in your in your 20s it can feel hugely uncomfortable but what is your sort of take on navigating that space well I think that's right I mean I think that if you haven't been exposed to Saturn prior to your Saturn return, you're going to have a hard Saturn return. There's not really any way around it. The metaphor that I use is basically when you're born, your parents or, you know, your guardians, your society brings you this toolbox that they have already prepared for you prior to your arrival. Let's say your toolbox has like a piece of sticky gum in it and a measuring tape and, uh, you know, like glue, then your whole life you have been navigating with these things, you know, like you've been fixing every problem with the measuring tape and the gum and the glue. And like, for some people, that's been fine. You know, that's, 
all they've needed. For other people who have had challenges throughout their 20s or in their life in general, not even just in their 20s, they've already come to realize that that's a very, that they need more in their toolbox than just those three objects. So then Saturn return comes through and it's like, okay, I, I got you. I got you hooked up with a power tool and a drill and you have a wrench now, like here you go. So for those people who have been facing very difficult circumstances, they're like, oh, thank God, finally I can like fix the the issues that I've mm. been dealing with my whole life. But for those people who have been like, I'm chill with like, you know, putting a piece of gum up to fix things, suddenly Saturn is like, guess what? You need to learn how to use a power tool. And they're like, I do not know I, why would I need to use this? And it's like, oh, look, it's because your house fell down. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really about like exposure, I would say, before your Saturn return is going to be what indicates like how miserable your Saturn return is going to be. At the end of the day, Saturn return leaves you in an amazing position because mm -hmm. you have this fancy ass toolbox and you can like solve your own problems and you don't need to call your shitty dad anymore to do it. Like you can just <laughs> do it all yourself. So I, I think that Saturn return, you know, at the end of it, everyone feels a sense of Relief. autonomy and accomplishment. Yeah, I think everyone yeah. feels really like they can take on the world post Saturn return. Mm -hmm. But certainly if you've never had any problems before and then you're like your house is falling down and you have to learn how to use a power tool, like it's going to suck. Yeah, because I, 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 mean, I, I relate to both sides of that because... I definitely was sort of cruising by on on the tools, as it were, that I had, and then it did it did hit me. But coming out the other side of it, I'm like, that was the best. That was the best couple of years in hindsight because I yeah. learned so much in like quick fire time. You know, yes. it was just like lesson, 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 teacher, teacher, yes. teacher. Like pain, work through it, and it was just a bit of a whirlwind and a bit yeah, a bit of a a tricky thing to navigate. But then on the other side of it, I'm like, ah. It's kind of amazing. And I think yeah. a lot of my a lot of my audience are on the younger side of 20s. And I think they're kind of like anticipating some of the transitional themes already. Because obviously we also have like our Saturn squares. So it's not to say that this is just like prescriptive to to these years. Um, do you think just having the awareness about those shifts and that they're coming helps in terms of being prepared? Of course, but I think that ultimately, you know, like I have, I, I love my clients in their like early mid 20s, right on the precipice of Saturn return because they're like, they know about Saturn return. They know that something is coming, but they're like, am I okay? Like, I, like I like my relationship. I like my job. Like, is this all going to get fucked? And it's like, probably <laughs> like questioning you, things yeah like it probably is you know it's <laughs> and it's gonna be okay you know like you know you're gonna be okay on the other side I was an astrologer before my Saturn return so I was also thought that I was gonna be you know I I'm Saturn ruled I'm a Capricorn rising I'm an astrologer I know all about I also had a fucking hard life so like I don't I thought that I was gonna be like easy peasy but as Saturn return does, it goes into those areas where you still have a lot of work to do and is like, mm. well, <laughs> you got this to figure out. And my Saturn return is going to look different from your Saturn return, looks different from everyone's Saturn return. It's very personal. But yeah, no matter what, you're going to have it. It's very personal. So in that sense, actually, there's no there's no real way of trying to 
anticipate and in fact it's probably a waste of energy because like if that relationship you're in you start thinking well will this will this survive it if it's not going to it's not supposed to and I think that that's the most important thing to take away it's like it will shed that from your life which isn't isn't supposed to be brought into your adult life like that and it will happen in a way that you probably never anticipated and it will probably be quite like I always kind of describe it as like the energy of it is it's a bit more severe it's not necessarily like it's not nasty but it's just your 20s are kind of like fluid and like things take a bit more time and you're kind of like oh was that person right for me I did yeah that. whereas this is just makes it quite clear as day it's just like bam that's not happening that's not coming with you get rid of yeah exactly uh there's this uh I think lemon lemonade the Beyonce album came out before my Saturn return and I remember um, like a few years before my Saturn return, actually, but I remember there was this line, this lyric in it where she's where St. Beyonce says, like, anything that's real cannot be broken. And that really did become a mantra of mine as I navigated the those end of my 20s into my Saturn return, because anytime something would fall apart, I'd be like, it couldn't have been real if something fell yeah. apart. And it like even if it seemed like it was totally in the bag and like. I wanted it so badly and it should have worked out. Like if, if it doesn't work out, it means it was not supposed to happen. It was never real in the first place. And that is, Mm -hmm. I still, you know, I, I lean heavily into that because, you know, as a self-employed creative astrologer, like not everything that I want to happen, even for me is going to happen. You know, I'll start projects that don't end up panning out, especially now so many of us have lost projects. Um, in this moment where business has slowed so significantly. And I remind myself that like, even if, even if we went very far on the negotiations of something, like if it didn't work out at the end, it was never going to work out in the first place. And I think in your 20s, that's a really hard thing to accept. But on the other side of the Saturn return, it's much easier to acknowledge that that's the that's truth. So you know? true. Because you have the blessing of hindsight to look back and be like, pretty glad that didn't come with totally (laughs) whereas like I look back at some of the people that I was with in my 20s that I was just so attached to to that narrative and to that person and was so sure and looking back and realizing that who they are now and who I am now I'm like wow you don't know as much as you think you know in your 20s basically yeah I I would never ever ever trade my 20s (laughs) I never go back I I only just turned 30 last year. And by the time when I turned 30, I was like, oh, my fucking God, finally, because in those last yeah. in that, like last like 28 and a half to 29, it's like, oh, I yeah. am so exhausted by this. Um, and already <laughs> I'm I feel like the 30s, you know, obviously my first year into my 30s, there's a pandemic. So like that's chill. It's heavy. But <laughs> <laughs> but so far, at least on an emotional level, I feel like it's just so on the other side of the Saturn return, things just get a lot, you just feel a lot more confident. I completely agree. I feel so much more confident. And it's strange because the anticipation building up to it is so intense. The pressure is so, there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves. And I think that's, you know, there's there's the astrological angle and then there's also just the societal expectations. And then suddenly when you hit it, you're like, <sighs> yeah, I, I, you know? I remind um, my clients this all the time. And I think that it's worth mentioning here is that like, I know that we live in this like Forbes 30 under 30 culture where we think that we're supposed to 
you know, have everything mm-hmm. resolved before we turn 30 and that mm-hmm. having success post 30 means mediocrity and means like you have a boring life. But that's just not true. It's not true in the way that astrology is structured and it's not true in the way that a life is supposed to be structured. We are career and success and, you know, both professionally and romantically is something we build. You know, it's something we scale upon. It's an amalgamation of experience. It's not like a single job. Um, So I think that, you know, we can, as much as we can like support our friends who have done amazing work before they turn 30, that has nothing to do with whether or not someone is going to one, be able to maintain it. And then two, whether someone else is going to be able to have extraordinary success in their life past 30. Mm -hmm. I think that is so important for people to hear because it's not linear either. And we're not all on the same trajectory and what's going to be your experience and what's going to be mine are going to look totally different. And it's, you don't know how long, like one part of it's going to last and be successful. And then you're going to go through another experience and have another, another challenge. Like I think people, if they take away anything from this conversation, it's just take the pressure off yourself because I definitely put so much pressure on on myself and I made myself really fucking unhappy in my late twenties because it felt like I was approaching that final chapter thinking I had to figure everything out and I just didn't have the time to do it. And I still haven't figured everything out, but I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm like, it just takes time. Yeah. I remember, I think that it was in my, I think I was about 27 or 28 and I was starting to feel that extraordinary this like dark depression of like wow I only have like three years before I turned 30 it was like the countdown to 30 and I am you know I nothing is working out like everything that I Mm. thought I could rely on is falling apart nothing is stable like I don't have the lifestyle that I anticipated having and yeah like I'm just I'm done. Like I'm fucked. Like that's it. And it's, and you know, I think that for me, at least my Saturn return, a lot of it was sort of like accepting that rock bottom was actually not rock bottom at all. It was just a frame of mind. But, um, Mm, I think that, wow, I love that. Yeah. But I also had a 12th house Saturn return. So I think that for me, it was a lot of the journey was in sort of like recognizing that there was still so much more time to evolve and grow, but it's so I can't even relate to myself from just a few years ago, putting so much pressure on having everything done, like, and how lame that would be, because mm-hmm. I'm hoping that I can live a long life. Like, imagine if everything got resolved at fucking 27, then like, what's what are you going to do for the rest of your life? What's next? I love that that idea of rock bottom being a state of mind. So in that's you. you... You basically mean that it's a matter of perspective and that like because I definitely felt exactly the same for my own for my own reasons. But so you're saying like now you could have the same experiences, but yet be like this. I'm yeah. just learning here. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's powerful. I, I, I just I highly recommend the Saturn return for anyone who hasn't gone through it yet. You're in for a wild ride, but also you're in for a major treat (laughs) at the end of the day because it just it really just helps um it really helps I think someone find their own voice 100% and like you said through those messy experiences like you said you wouldn't change your 20s 
for anything. Like I wouldn't because all those experiences gave me the knowledge and the understanding of who I am now. Like you only find out who you are by being someone you're not. Yes, and you also find out who you are and you find out things in time that you cannot resolve in that moment. For instance, great example, I had, I think I was like 24 and I had just moved to LA and this dude that I was seeing like was just, it felt like he was so uninterested in me. And I just, it was really like at the time it felt very painful and very heartbreaking. And only in time did I realize that he only dates girls who are 18. And I didn't know that at the time because I was still like in my own mm. perspective, right? Like I mm -hmm. couldn't see that it wasn't me. He's the pervert, you know, cause he keeps getting older and he's still dating girls who are only that age forever. But at mm -hmm. 24, I couldn't put that together. I thought it was all about me. All but about now, me. Yeah. all these years later, and I see the people he's still dating, it's like, oh, duh, I was already too old for him at 24 because he only wants to date people in high school. Got it. But I wouldn't have been able to know that then. So yeah. it's like through time, you also get information, you know? You get yeah. knowledge that you could not have in that moment. And I feel like Saturn return is when you finally have enough like vantage to see out and be like, oh, I understand. This wasn't personal. This was about other shit that has nothing to do with me. 100%. Yeah, I think that's so powerful because you do suddenly have, like it does give you this vantage point, like you say. But, and I towards the latter part of my 20s would spend a lot of time uh, berating myself for the choices that I'd made like you like you said and like why things hadn't gone sudden and then in this like complete victimhood mentality and on the other side of my Saturn return like you see I have that vantage point to be like also you make the decisions based on the awareness totally the, like how evolved you are at that time don't beat yourself up for, for like where you were five years ago, the decision you made, like everything is constantly fluid and moving. So just, just be accepting of that and of your former self and not like attack her basically. Yes, which is also, I feel like just sort of closing the loop on this conversation. Like that's, I think the best way to navigate this moment too, is to realize that like everything is constantly changing. Like we might learn something tomorrow that mm. totally shifts our understanding of what's happening in the world right now. And that is to be expected and that's okay. Like the most important thing is for us to approach ourselves and this moment with this compassionate curiosity to maintain our empathy, to maintain our sensitivity, um, to always put, you know, our health and, you know, people's health first. first. Um, but to know that like, as new information continues to come to light, we might change our minds and that's okay. That's part of life is the ability to be flexible and the ability to like take in new information and readapt. Mm -hmm. I think that's a perfect thing to close on. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love this conversation and I think people are gonna love hearing about it. Yes, it's really lovely to connect with a fellow Pisces moon. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling well, stay things. safe. Bye. Bye.